Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today's message is titled, Fear Not. Fear Not. Let's start by just just a short review. Two weeks ago, in the first part of the message, I wanted everybody to gain one point, basically. And that was that God wanted us to reach out to others uh, because it's his desire that all be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth, which is in 1 Timothy uh, 2, 4. And then the second message last week, I talked, uh, uh, gave two points that I wanted everybody to remember, basically. Uh, those were that uh, God wanted us to actually uh, say to others, follow me as I follow Christ, without saying it, without saying it. I've never told anybody to follow me as I follow Christ, uh, but we said that we need to be in our prayer closet and to uh, be imitators of God ourselves, be imitators of God. And so as we're in our prayer closet imitating God or getting his presence so that he can work out of us those things that are not uh, imitating him, then we will, in our workplaces and in, in, in places of um, maybe the marketplace and things like that, when we see people that we see all the time, uh, we can encourage them uh, as God wants us to encourage people. And people might want to follow us, but they are following, following us only because of that presence that is about us that's different than other people, that they want to uh, find out more about that and they want to follow us. And if they want to follow us, it's only because we are following Jesus. So we uh, made that point, and, and the last point I made basically was that we wanted to, uh, in our culture today, we wanted to uh, be compassionate. We want to go out with compassion because in our culture today, uh, the culture we said was going far away from God. Uh, they didn't want God in their lives and things like that, whether it be the government or whoever it is. Uh, they want to not follow Christ. And we said we need to be compassionate to those people. And I was talking to one of the elders, uh, Sam. Matter of fact, I was talking to both of the elders, but uh, I was talking to uh, Sam, and he said that basically people could get an impression that I was given a, a political stand or something on immigration, uh, which I was not. Uh, in my opinion, I was not, because uh, that was not my intent, because my intent is never to uh, be political from the pulpit, but I do have opinions, but my opinions don't matter anything. Uh, is what the Word of God says. So if you got an uh, intent that I was making a political stand, I was not. So that's enough of that. So today we're going to go right into fear not. Let's go to Revelations. Let's start there. In, in Revelations chapter 20, I wanted to give us a little indication, and I need to, need the encouragement and the motivation to go out, to put myself out on a limb sometime with people I don't know as well. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't, they might not want to uh, know about Jesus Christ or whatever they, it is, and sometimes we don't want to say anything. And so this is an, is an encouraging word to us all in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, let's start there in verse 10. And the devil 
who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And everybody can say, yay! You know, because, because the devil, sometimes we get the impression that he is so powerful that nothing can be done about him. And we see what his end is. His end is to be tormented day and night, forever and ever. He's not going to be able to deceive anybody. He's not going to be able to bother anybody on, after that day. And so that's something that we can be thinking positively about. Even today when he is well and at work in the world, we can still say we know where he's headed. And in verse 11, then it says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, meaning it can be young, old, rich, poor, doesn't matter who it is, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of, the, of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. Now we'll, that's basically speaking of the, the judgment of unbelievers. It says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and, the, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now that is not a good place to be. Definitely. Because we know that Satan, the devil... The old serpent, the beast, the false prophet, we know that they're in also the lake of fire. And we know that, that if anyone's name is not found in the book of life, we know that they're also going to be in the, in the lake of fire. That is a horrible, horrible faith for anybody. God wants us to care enough about the souls of people to be motivated to expand our sphere of influence as we're out in the marketplace, as we are in our workplaces, wherever we are, we are to try to expand that because God doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to repent, which we said in, in our second message. I need to be motivated that way. I believe that we all need to be motivated that way. Because we can get in a, 
in just a place in the body of Christ where we are all uh, satisfied. We're all uh, just, I say, content because we are in Christ. And we know where our faith is and where we are going. And we tend to not want to reach out to other people. That's what we tend not to do. Unless it's a loved one, relative, someone of that nature. But God wants us to reach out to anybody he puts in our path because he wants them saved. And that's a harbor of faith. And as we talked about the culture we're in today, sometimes, it, you know, you, you think, well, why should I bother? Because they don't want Christ. They don't want to hear anything about Christ. I, I, I've mentioned to them before, I've asked them to go to church with me sometime. They don't want to hear about Christ. And I don't want to bother them anymore. God doesn't want that to be. He wants, matter of fact, us to pray for people because prayer breaks down walls. And that's one way that you can reach out for lost souls also, to care a lot about lost souls, is to pray for souls. Because without prayer, nothing's going to be done anyway. Because unless, unless God pulls the blinders off our eyes, uh, we, we're not going to see. We're not going to see. And thank God he pulled the, pulled the blinders off my eyes and off our eyes because we see. But it was a time where we did not see. Somebody prayed for us. And I believe that is very important to salvation is to pray. And that's why we try to uh, install half an hour prayer when we're over on Old Forest Road. Uh, from 9 to 9.30 to pray for lost souls and then 9.30 to 10 pray for the Sunday service uh, and then really to be praying in your prayer closet for lost souls. Lost souls. I'm telling you, that's the heart of God. Now, let's go a little bit further here. Let's go to chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water of life without cost. 
He who, he who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and unbelieving, abominable and murderers, immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in a lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I like the the good part. That's what I like. And I want to help people to avoid the second part. That's not good. Don't we want to do that as a church? Is that God's will for you? Is that God's will for Cornerstone? That's God's will no matter what the name of any church is. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. And so let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's go there. Because in, in that particular part, it gives us a confirmation of what God wants for our lives as well as for the church. And the messages, of course, are geared towards encouraging us to care enough about others. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that's the key thing, in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, that's what God has done when you got saved, when I got saved. We became new creatures because God caused those things to be new. We, our spirit was no longer dead. It became alive to God. And all that was from God. Now, that doesn't mean that my mind, my will, my emotions were now totally perfect. And that I'm now, uh, my body is new, my spirit is new, my soul is new. That doesn't mean that. It just means that I'm now born again. I'm in Christ. Now I'm positioned where I am New. I'm positioned, matter of fact, with Christ in heaven and places. That's what every Christian is positioned. But we still have work to do in this mind, will, emotions, in conforming that to the Word of God. And it says that this ministry of reconciliation, which he gave to, this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth, this he, he said this ministry of reconciliation namely was that God was in Christ. God was in Christ. So I don't, I don't care how you look at that. We know that deity of Christ, we know that Christ, of course, is God. So, and also we know that God was through his only begotten son reconciling the world. So God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Reconciling. 
He's he's now uh, going from a position of anger, wrath, to a position now where that's not so in Christ. He says, not counting their trespasses against them. How can he not count a trespass against him when we all came from Adam and Adam's sin? How could that not be? Because Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins. He became sin for us. Our sins were put on him in that we now didn't have to pay the price because we couldn't pay the price. It had to be all man, all God. And that's why Jesus Christ was the only one that could pay the price. He was all man, he was all God. So therefore, in Christ, we have the righteousness of God. In Christ. Because of his righteousness. And it says that, and he was, has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And I believe that not only had he given the word of reconciliation to the apostles, but also he's telling the church. And he was not telling the church of Corinth, you don't have to do anything. You just sit back and, and just watch us do all the work. No. No. He was telling them, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. All of us, as Christians, we have the ministry of reconciliation. What is that ministry? Therefore, we, as ambassadors, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is, is a, a government official that is in a foreign country representing that country that he came from. Is that correct? Yeah. Ambassador. Now, that ambassador is not from that country. If we are ambassadors, where are we from? Where, 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 I mean, if we are ambassadors here on, in Lynchburg, in the world, where are we from? Because an ambassador can't be from the, from the area, from the, from the country he's from. He can't be there. So where, where, where are we from? And where are we seated? In heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, right? Where's our home? Heaven. That's where our home is. But we're here as ambassadors. When we get born again, we have now been translated. You remember he says we are not of the world. That's a scripture, right? Uh, John chapter 17. We are not of the world. We are in the world, but we are not what? Of the world. So that's telling us that this is not your home. Matter of fact, other scriptures tell us that we are aliens here on the earth, right? We are aliens. We are not, we are not here uh, 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 as really citizens of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. So we're ambassadors. We're representing heaven on earth. That's what we're doing. Representing heaven on earth. Now, therefore, we as we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us. So as ambassadors representing heaven 
representing Christ here on earth, will in the world but not of it, we are supposed to be vessels speaking to people as if it says, as though God were making an appeal through us. He says, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. That's what we are telling everybody who doesn't want anything to do with God, be reconciled to God. Your sins have been forgiven if you accept the price that Jesus Christ has paid because he paid for your sin. But only if you accept the price that he paid. You have to give your life to him. You have to be in Christ. Be reconciled to God. Because if you're not reconciled to God, then God's wrath is against you. And that on that day, as in Revelation says, it, it, you, it's, not, it's going to be sad. We're not talking about uh, cremation. We're talking about burning forever and ever and ever. That's what it says in the, in the, in the, in the lake of fire. Is the devil, it, and, and that means anybody who's thrown in there is going to be, going to be dying, burning forever and forever and ever. That's what it says. That's what it says. And that is not, doesn't even sound pleasant. Does it? To be burning forever and ever and ever. How can you burn forever and ever and ever? Yeah. You don't burn up. You just you put you on fire. You're burning. Your soul, body, you're burning. Wow. Ooh. Because you know it says that, that you know the sea gonna give up his dead. It's gonna give everything gonna give up. So that means your soul and body is together. But you're burning. Be reconciled to God. That's what it says. Be reconciled to God. Jesus Christ has died for our sin. Be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin. He made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin. He was, he was not, he did, he did not sin anything, sinless, to be sin on our behalf. Now, sin was not found in him now because he didn't sin. So whose sin did he have? Our sins. He took on our sins on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Jesus Christ became sin for us. He took our sin. We took his righteousness. Isn't that a great exchange? Doesn't seem fair, does it? But he's so loving, so kind. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He is so good. That's the ministry that we're supposed to be taking to our workplaces. That's the word that we're supposed to be taking to the uh, market that we go that's the word that we're supposed to be ready to give anyone that 
has not been saved. That's the word, the minister of reconciliation. Now let's go to Mark chapter 4. Let's go there, verse 35. As we are going out, we can't go out in fear. We can't go out in fear. We can't go out in fear of the world system. We can't go out in fear of what somebody's going to say. We can't go out in fear because the Word of God says this, but they don't believe in the Word of God because in this culture, people do not believe the Word of God. They don't want to uh, speak the Word of God. They don't want to speak the name of Jesus Christ. They want to keep us from speaking the name of Jesus Christ. Do not pray in that name. That's what they want us to do. Not pray in that name. There is no other name that we can pray in but the name of Jesus. Who died for our sins? Jesus. So what name are you going to pray in? (laughs) They want us to acknowledge all religions. No, this is (laughs) the United States, and so, therefore, we have freedom of speech, so, therefore, we're going to acknowledge the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to speak the word of God. We cannot be afraid because somebody doesn't want to hear the word of God. So I don't care what they say about our 5013C, whatever it's called, uh, tax thing. Uh, and so we'll take that from you if you start using this hate crime stuff against, you can't say that. No, we're going to say what we want to. Who says anyway that we are governed by taxes? In other words, if I don't, if I don't get a tax write-off, I'm not going to give. What kind of Christian is that? Really, when you think about it now, come on. What kind of Christian is that? If I can't get a tax write-off, then I'm not going to give because I want to get money back uh, uh, on, on that on, on when the taxes are when they send their tax back. I want to get some money back. So, no, no, no. I need some tax write-off. I don't need any tax write-off. I need my sins written off. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I need. <laughs> I, I need. I need. You know, some pride taken off. I need God. I need Jesus to help me. That's what I need. That's what I need. And only He can do it. The government can't do it. So as we go out, we can't be afraid to represent Jesus, because as He, as He says it. Imitate him. That's what I said. Imitators of God as dear children, it says. So if we're going to be imitators of God, what did Jesus do? What did he do? Let's look at one of the, one of the places in Mark 4, starting in chapter 35. On that day, when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Now, he said to them, That's Jesus speaking. He said to them, speaking to his disciples, 
Let us go over to the other side. He did not say, let me go over to the other side. Y'all can stay here if you want to. He said, let us go. He didn't say, let us go over to the middle. He didn't say, let us start to the other side. He said, let us go over to the other side. So they were on one side. He said, let's go to the other side. That's what he said. Now, leaving the crowd, they took him. Now, I thought they said, let us go. Like he was going to lead. He said, they took him now, along with them, in the boat, just as he was. Now, I wonder, how was he? You know, when you think about it, how was he? Because as you read, you remember I, I try to teach to start asking questions. Don't just read over something. Uh, read and meditate on something and see what God is saying in this thing. Because I'm getting a picture here. If I said, let's go somewhere. And then uh, if I tell my daughter, hey, let's go. Let's, let's go see um, my stepmother. Let's go see my sister and brother. Let's go over here. And then they take me along with them. And they said, and it's just as I am, that means something must be wrong with me if they're taking me just as I am. Either I'm not dressed, my hair's not combed, I didn't brush my teeth. It's got to be something that's wrong if they should take me just as I am. Right? Okay, now, let's go a little further and we'll come back to that. And other boats were with him. So there were other boats. See, so we get the picture. We got Jesus, his disciples in a boat, and we got other boats that were with him. Verse 37. And there rose a fierce gale of wind. Fierce. Now they said at Sea of Galilee, they say that there are valleys that go about 700 feet down where the, the wind is like wind tunnels. It can start up a, 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 a wind any time during the time that you might be trying to cross over. This is one of those times. Fierce gale of wind. And the waves were breaking over the boat. Now, now let's get the picture now. We've got a word picture because he's, he's trying to give us a word picture. The, 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 the waves are breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Do we get a picture? Fierce wind. Waves breaking over the boat. So much so that the boat is already filling up. Not just, oh, there's a little water. No, filling up, filling up. If I'm out on a lake, all this gale of wind, all this burst of wind, waves all over the boat, and then it says the boat is already filling up, I'm thinking, help, I'm going to die. If something, because, you know, you're not going to swim in that kind of stuff, so what are we going to do? What are we going to do if this were a boat right here and the wind was coming? 
you know, blowing and, and the waves and everything over the boat. And, the, and, and this room was filling up already. What would you do? You'd call for help, wouldn't you? That's what they did. Who did they call? Hey, Peter, help me because you, you're a fisherman. You're nobody. Did they call on each other? No. You got to call on somebody who can help. Peter can't help. Can they? You know? And nobody can help. But they, they thought. So listen to what it says. Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion. Oh, how can somebody sleep in all this gust and of gale of wind it's whistling, you know, you can, you can kind of hear it. I know you can hear it. It's whistling because, you know, how wind, if it's that strong, it's, you can hear it, right? And, and, and the, the waves are so high, and the boat's already filling up, and he is asleep. Now we go back to the place that just as he was, I wonder how was he? Because they took him just as he was. He must have been exhausted. He must have been tired. Very exhausted. Because some people can sleep through anything. Right? Some people can't sleep through anything. You know? And he was asleep. It didn't say, and he was playing like he was asleep. No, he wasn't playing like he was asleep. Because sometimes people play like asleep so that, so that they can, he can kind of hear. You know how, how you do. Uh, you can hear somebody talking and stuff and you're playing like you're asleep so you know what's going on. No, he was asleep. He was asleep. So he was very tired. wonder what did he expect to happen. Now, he said, let us go. He just said, I'm going over, and I hope you make it. He, did he? No, he said, let us go over to the other side. Now, then he, then he says, And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? And I I was telling us, do we not care about those who are perishing and going to the fire, lake of fire? Do we not care that they are perishing? They're saying, Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you think Jesus cares? Yes, he cares. Does he want us to care about the people who are perishing? Yes, he wants us to care. They're not perishing because they're, going to, they're drowning or anything like that, or dying for whatever disease or anything. He cares that they are perishing because if they don't accept him as Lord and Savior, they will perish forever and ever and ever. He cares. And he got up. That's interesting. Now, he could have said, what? Come on, I, 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 you can hear him. Come on, because you know how you are. If you were asleep, you were exhausted, somebody waking you up, you already told them, hey, we're going to the other side. They waking you up, shaking you. What would you say? Yeah, yeah. Why, why are you waking me up? Why, why, 
Won't you leave me alone? Man? Can't you see I'm asleep? <laughs> you know, I'm tired. Don't you care that I'm tired? Right? But he didn't do that. He could have awakened and started rebuking them, couldn't he? But he didn't do that, did he? It says that, and, he, and, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? We're perishing. And he got up and rebuked the wind. In other words, he took care of the problem, didn't he? He took care of the problem. He got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. Now, that helps us too when we go out and sometimes in our workplaces or whatever, people are hurting and sometimes we want to deal with maybe something that they are not interested in being dealt with at first. Do you understand? See, in other words, he could have gotten up and he could have dealt with their lack of faith or whatever he dealt with later, couldn't he? And said, that's the problem. Y'all have a problem. You don't have trust in me. I've already done it. I already told you. I already worked with you. I've been, you've been with me all this time. And now you're waking me up. I'm tired. And why don't you learn something from my instruction? He could have done all of that. And sometimes we think to do that with people in our workplace or something. We say, well, they're having problems because they don't have Jesus Christ in their life. So let's talk to them about Jesus. Let's deal with that because that's their problem. But even though that's their problem, they're not interested in you dealing with that at this particular time. What they're interested in, they're interested in you dealing with the situation at hand for them. Okay? You're trying to tell me that, that this, this message is over with. And <laughs> Thank you for listening to the message. You know. <laughs> so do we, do, do, do we understand that, that God, if we're going to imitate him, he did not deal with their spiritual condition first. He didn't deal with their spiritual condition. So when you go out and you're working with people, don't deal with their spiritual, spiritual condition first. Deal with the natural thing that's, that's bothering them. What was bothering the disciples was that the boat was filling up. The wind was there. They were afraid. So Jesus dealt with that first. It didn't say he didn't deal with the spiritual thing. First, deal with them. If somebody is hungry, first, feed them. In other words. Right? Yeah. Then talk to them about, hey, you know, let me share something with you here. You know, and go into the spiritual things about it, the situation. And he said to them, because the wind did die down, and it became perfect, the calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no 
So now he's dealing with their spiritual condition. And they became very much afraid and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So we just wanted to today uh, start on something, and, and we'll continue next week in, in uh, Mark, trying to give us a little insight as we go out. What does God expect of us when we go out? If we're going to imitate him, let's really look at scripture. Let's look at it in detail here and find out, is there something to glean here that we can use as we go out? Is there something that we can use? That's a little bit more than what meets the eye. Because I didn't talk about anything dealing with what you already have heard, what you already see, that Jesus has power over the storm. Of course he does. We know that. But that's not the thing that we want to discuss today. The thing we want to discuss today, that as we go out into this, this, this uh, changing society and this culture, we still can meet people's needs first, their felt needs, and then give them their spiritual needs. We can do that. We can have compassion on people. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.